Um, thanks to Ken and Claude for the music this morning. Faith is the faith is the victory. I sat there and I sang a chorus or two with you and just prayed that the Lord would grant us open eyes by faith as we hear His word to be conformed into His image and uh, to become more like Him today, so that we can walk in that victory. This evening, five o'clock. Um, here in the ministry center, we have our family um, gathering, a covenant commitment service, uh, the Lord's Supper, and a Q&A on Pastor Farrell's um, Creation in the Culture series. So you've gotten emails about that. You had opportunities to submit uh, questions, and uh, it should be um, a really sweet evening. But just to remind you that that will be here at 5 o'clock tonight. Small groups. I guess you all got that email. I hope you did um, for small group and small group signups. Just a reminder, uh, you're welcome to attend any of the small groups. Um, each one of the elders are responsible for some of the small groups. I'm responsible for three of them. And um, so one of them meets at the Laurie's, Ken and Carol Laurie's house. And um, I will be leading that one. One meets at Don and Sherry Schnarr's house. I think on the app they're called Group 2 and Group 3, but uh, it's easily identified. And um, they will be starting on the 14th of September. They're going to be delayed one week, one cycle, which is actually two weeks um, before they start. But they'll both start on the 14th um, at the 6.45 time. And... Um, we would encourage all of you to sign up for a, a group if you're able to, and so it doesn't have to be those two groups. But when a group is capped, every, every group has a cap number, then, then that's it. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be closed. So if you're interested in those two groups in particular, which have caps because they're in homes, then you ought to go online right now, church app, um, you touch point. There's about 10 different ways you can get in there. And if you've got any questions, where De Debbie's sitting right here, just tackle her right after the service and say, I want to get into this group. And she'll go, doom, doom, doom. And she does this magic pixie dust stuff, and it just happens. Okay, so, um, so that'll work. But please do that. Now, we have other groups. Um, Dr. George Harton, his wife Margie, lead a wonderful um, group. They meet here in this prayer room. And it's a daytime group because everybody can't do nights. And so that's on... Fridays, same cycle, so just whenever the small groups are meeting, they meet on Wednesday, this group meets on Friday, and it's 10 to 11.30, and uh, they would like you to sign up too, so they know who's coming, can pre pre prepare any handouts that they would have for you, but um, because they meet in that room, they could take quite a large number, um, if 100 of you sign up, we probably have to cap it at some point, but... Um, it's, it's not the same as being in a home relative to having to cap it. And then we have a Wednesday evening small group that meets in the prayer meeting format. And again, it's on the same cycle. It's every other week. Don Bowman leads that. That meets over in the other room over there in Ministry Center Classroom 2. So those would be the groups largely associated with our class. And there's like 10 other groups. So um, we would encourage you to sign up and be part of them. Um, you'll note in your bulletin that um, on the last day of October, Reformation Sunday, 
um, we will be having a Reformation Fair, and uh, they um, need volunteers, and then next week we'll actually have an informational meeting if you'd be willing to at least listen and consider helping them out. Um, we have a missional focus uh, Sunday, next Sunday the 28th, all day, so you'll come to Sunday school just like you always do. The only difference is going to be everybody else is coming to Sunday school with you. I make sure that they take attendance that day and they count it under the Abundant Life class because it's my highest day of the year. I usually run somewhere around 400 on that Sunday, and then the next day I have an opportunity to brag to the rest of the staff and Sunday school teachers. So next Sunday, missional uh, focus Sunday. You'll be looking forward to that. I'm sure it'll be a great day. Men, Grace and Granite begin on the 30th. Um, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., and um, that will be uh, a sweet time. We've been running now. This will be the fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. We usually um, run somewhere between 60 and 75 men, if you can believe it. The parking lot is just full. It's a, it's a sweet time. Um, usually we have coffee and goodies that are provided for you, and... Um, some of you would have to leave before. We usually go for an hour and 15 minutes, 6 to 7.15. Some of you have to get to work, and you know people leave early, and that's fine. So uh, you don't have to sign up for that, but we would encourage you to consider that, men, um, if you're available. And then a ladies' Bible study um, starts on September 6th, on Tuesday. And again, they have a morning uh, group that meets every week. Am I saying that correctly, Carol? And then they have an evening that meets every other week. And they meet on the off week of the small group so that you're not, you know, having to do two, um, two nights in a row. So if you're uh, interested, ladies, I encourage you to be part and participate in those Bible studies. And you can sign up for those Bible studies online as well. Whew. Okay, I think that's all the, the announcements. Um, I do want to... Uh, mentioned to you, I guess, um, information in um, prayer that I mentioned last week. Judy and I uh, and Sherry and Amber will be heading out on vacation on this coming Thursday morning, and uh, I'm going to take a full two weeks and a day, actually. will be coming back on Friday, September uh, 9th. And so next week we won't be with you. I'm not teaching Sunday school that week. Anyhow, the following week, Doug Elder will be leading and teaching uh, the class, and Doug always does a, a, a really good job. You'll be blessed by his ministry. Uh, the following week, I will be back uh, with you. Doug will still be teaching, uh, but I will be back uh, with you, Judy and I, Lord willing. So uh, just to give you that information. So I don't think I have anything else. How about praise notes, blessing, answers to prayer that um, you want to hear? Yes, uh, Jesse's going to give you a mic, Russ. This morning while I was reading God's word in Isaiah 45, I was just um, blessed with uh, verse 5. This says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Beside me, there is no God. Amen. And just to meditate on that this morning was sweet. Amen. Amen. It's always appropriate in this time to speak truth to one another. If, if the Lord showed you something in his word, you have a, a verse that's been impressed on your heart, please 
feel free to do exactly what um, what Russ just did. Somebody else, a praise note, blessing. Lisa. When I first started coming here, um, it was back in December, and I, it was the weekend after my husband passed, and um, I was also finishing up my last round of chemotherapy. Um, I had six months of that for follicular lymphoma. And so the last six months, I've been waiting to see if my cancer would come back, and I was down at MD Anderson the week before last, and um, found out that I'm clear. So I praise mm. God for that. Amen. And um, he has helped and sustain me through the grief of my husband passing. And um, through this church, hearing God's word and good friends has been such a blessing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. While you got the microphone right there, I don't believe I know that young lady sitting right next to you. So as long as we're, we're talking here, why don't you, do you know her? Somebody introduce her. Oh, no, you got to introduce yourself. I'm, I'm sorry. No, good morning. I'm Jen Thompson, and I have two kids at Liberty. So I'm just here this morning. Amen. Jen, thank you. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I just assumed that you were right there. And I won't tell you what my dad used to tell me about the word assume. But anyhow, uh, it just happened to me. So forgive me, uh, please. Pete, yes. Pete is back from Togo. Thank you for your prayers for me. Uh, I was 10 days, well, actually nine days. The flight got canceled, so we actually left a day late. But we had a really good trip to Togo. I'm really worn out. Uh, but we accomplished all that we needed to. We traveled from the south to the north and back again in Togo, all by road. We couldn't fly, actually, even though we were there to evaluate the aviation ministry. But we saw a lot of really exciting ministries going on over there, a lot of people being touched and changed by the gospel. And uh, it was just a privilege to be part of that, and I appreciate you folks praying uh, for that. And then my upcoming stuff, a week from Friday, I leave for France for a month, and then I've got more stuff coming, but I'll tell you all about that later. But okay. thank you for the prayers. Amen. Amen. That's exciting to hear. Sherry? Just wanted to thank everyone for their prayers, and so many people reached out to me, but my hand is healing nicely, and so is my mouth. So hopefully I go to the doctor on Wednesday, the day before we leave for the beach, and I'm hopeful that I can eat while we're at the beach. So. Amen. And there's a party at our house this coming weekend. No, <laughs> Judy and I were um, praying and, and thanking the Lord. Um, I think every um, parent is thankful for their children, their grandchildren, you know, their, their siblings. Um, and we surely are, but we're certainly also thankful for our son. It's not our son-in-law, he's our son. And um, he's more loyal and he's more faithful than the son. And um, it's a hard thing for a man to give up his wife, and he's given her up for two weeks and send her to take care of her of her parents and go on vacation. And by the way, this is the second year uh, in a row he's done that. And I know that's a big deal. Um, and I want to thank you. And we thank you and we thank the Lord for that. So that's my praise note this morning. Somebody else? 
Kathy. We got Kathy and um, the Phelps. Last week we had Mark here, but we finally have got that whole row back seated, and we, and we got Marvin in there as well, so it's great to have all of you back. Kathy? I just want to say the same thing Sherry did. Thank you guys for praying and checking on me while I had COVID. Obviously, I still am congested, so I would cover your prayers um, to get rid of that when, in God's timing. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? All right. I have got... Yeah. <laughs> I just yes. wanted to say that uh, we thank you for all your prayers for Barb and her fall. It could have been much, much worse, and she is uh, getting better. So we, we do thank you for all your prayers on that. I would ask that you would pray for uh, the doctors and for treatment, knee surgery, and so on. Okay. We surely will and have been. All right, here are the prayer requests. Do you have any, anybody have a request to turn in? I just prefer them in writing. That way I make sure that I get them right and then we put these out on the email. If you're not on our email, see Debbie uh, or let the office know. We'll put you on our email chain. We try not to drown you with emails, but we try to reproduce what happens here, including an electronic copy of the lesson uh, once a week and send that to you with the praise notes, announcements, prayer requests, um, so uh, would like to include you if you're not on it. So uh, let me read the ones that have been handed to me, and then i got some others that have sent me ones. Uh, Gloria Henry asks us to pray for her brother Todd, who lives in Arizona, and he has serious health issues that have been ongoing for a long time. She would appreciate, appreciate us praying for Todd. Ken and Carol will be traveling to uh, Georgia, Monday and visiting Stacy and family and uh, granddaughter um, Ashlyn, who is a new student at Tosco Falls Christian College. Returning Saturday, pray for safe travels and their time uh, together. They just moved to Georgia, right? So, yeah, it takes a little longer to go see them than it used to. <laughs> and I hope you have a good trip. So pray for, pray for them. Um, I got a number of texts and emails uh, early this morning. Let me just say, um, you guys have just really been hitting the ball out of the park letting me know when you're not going to be here um, or what's going on in your life. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, how much it feels like family, and then I can let um, the rest of the family know. So uh, Mark Sims and um, Joy hope to be here by church, but um, last night... Uh, he fell off a ladder, okay? And he didn't hurt himself seriously, but skinned himself up pretty good. Didn't sleep much last night and, and, and gimping around this morning, but called to let us know. Uh, if you wouldn't mind praying for him, he would uh, would appreciate it. But they, he, he plans to limp, limp on in uh, for, the, for the service, and I believe they hope to be part of the uh, covenant commitment service this, uh, this evening. So I'll uh, give you that one. Clyde and Patty um, texted me. Now this is this is really good. I'm not much of a techie, but I, you know I'm I'm getting there. But I'm about a generation behind. So Clyde and Patty um, texted me this morning, and and I thought this was neat. This is what they texted me. Can you see that at all? That's that's a picture of our prayer sheet. They took a prayer sheet and they filled the prayer sheet out and submitted it by text. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that works, right? As long as I, as long as I 
hear it and see it on my phone, so I'll read their request to you. Please pray for our safe travels to Arizona, visiting my uh, daughters and grandkids. Pray for a safe return, Clyde and Patty. Um, sadly, we will miss Sunday school and all of you. So uh, that is from them, and they're on their way right now. And uh, same with Melanie Restrepo. Uh, Manny, are you here? Yeah, Manny is here. You correct me if I say anything wrong, but her procedures went well. Uh, did get a little tear in the esophagus, but I think that's healed up uh, okay. Still waiting on the biopsies? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, uh, that procedure went well, and then um, the other day, um, her mother fell and broke her hip, and yesterday had emergency surgery to replace the uh, hip, not replace the hip, fix the broken hip. I don't, they didn't do a hip replacement, but um, anyhow, so she asked that we would pray for her and the recovery. Um, Brent Epperson, Brent doesn't get here a lot, but he's, considers himself part of our class. Often we'll sit over here in the back and Brent has hip replacement surgery on Friday. Uh, so he asks that we pray for him. I have a note here to remind you to continue to pray for Heidi's uncle Clifford. Um, unsaved and end of life situation. Any update, Heidi? Okay, all right. So continue to pray that the Lord would be merciful to him, open his eyes to the, to the gospel uh, while he still has life and breath. Leah Vickers uh, asks us to pray for her. Leah's not here, are you, Leah? Okay, Leah had several episodes this week. She really didn't know how else to describe them, but um, numbness in different parts of her body and limbs, and her blood pressure was real high, and the doctor wanted her to have an MRI as soon as they can as soon as they can get them in right at the moment is 9.13 and um, the, the reason was they wanted to confirm that she wasn't having many strokes so uh, one of the prayers would be to get an MRI before the 13th of September so pray for Leah I think that's it as always uh, a, a number to pray for and I know in group that's large as others that burdens that you have that haven't even been mentioned so pray faithfully one for another the prayer list will be sent to you in an email I'd encourage you at least once to, this week to open that email up print it out or while it's open and just take a few minutes pray for one another pray through every every one of those um, just exactly the way um you know, I, I think in prayer, if I might just use a, a verse that we've all known since a child, probably, um, in the Gospels, and we call it the golden rule, don't we? What's the, what's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, if you had cancer, and they had just declared you free, you would be rejoicing in the Lord, but you'd also want people to pray that God would continue to put his healing hand on, on your body, wouldn't you? Uh, if you had a lost loved one, 
who's near death, you would want God to be merciful and open their blind eyes. If you were traveling, um, you would want safety and encouragement. If you were sick, you would want healing. If there, if there was a broken relationship and you brought it to your heart here, you would, you would want God to give wisdom and grace and heal it. Well, pray that way for one another. Just like it was your burden, like it was your heartache. That's, that's the least we could do. Amen? And so I'm not going to remember all these and go through the list, but um, you, you have that. Barb? Her pregnancy? Yeah. Okay, I surely will. Carissa is very pregnant, and she fell, and the uh, baby's okay, um, but pray uh, pray for her. She hurt a ligament in her, in her leg. Father, um, I am so grateful that you uh, hear every request. You're a prayer-answering God. Um, your spirit, and those that worship God, worships him in spirit and truth, and yet in your word, particularly in the Psalms, over and over again, um, inspired uh, by you, uh, the writer, often David, um, uses different analogies so that we could understand more about your heart, your character, who you are. And so we read things like, um, you, you bend down, your, your ear is close, you, you reach out your hand. We, we read things like, you're the solid rock, you're the mother hen protecting uh, with your wings uh, your children. Um, Lord, we're thankful that you're that kind of a God. Christ told us um, again in the sermon that um, you know our every need even before we ask it. You want us to pray in faith, believing, and as we pray according to your will, you promise to do it. And so we're thankful for that. We lift these requests up to you. Each one, individually, there's a burden. As we collectively now cast all these cares upon you because you care for us, we ask you to, to work and to move in such a way that it's evident that the answer came from you. It brings you the most glory and it encourages our faith. And um, we can share in the congregation the blessing of a God who knows and a God who cares for his people. Lord, as we open up your word now and finish up this uh, summer series, we ask for um, you to uh, enlighten your word to us. In Christ's name, amen. If you have a handout, it's the same as last week. Uh, I'm sorry, I guess we're out of handouts. I under-anticipated the, the number. We're on page two. I, I laid the foundation in, in the scripture last week. There's something in me that just makes it nearly impossible for me to just simply say, well, I laid it out last week, and so this week is going to be just practical. Um, we're, we're looking at the fact that this last essential um, spiritual discipline is the discipline of realizing that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And it is a discipline, something that we have to be very, very alert to because the world is caustic. The, the world is, is sinful, as we know. 
uh, and the culture and the people that are in the world, the, the booming message of the day is follow your heart and your destiny is your feelings. Satisfy your feelings. Let your feelings lead you to who you really are and what you should do, which is causing all the gender confusion and, and, and all of the rest. And, and, and we know that our message is completely different. We know that the heart is deceitful and wicked uh, above anything that anybody can know. And the last thing we should do is follow our heart. That's why we have been given the unsearchable riches of Christ that we can put our, our, our foot on their anchor to our soul. And they're totally sufficient for every single need we have in, in life. And so we take our feelings and we submit our feelings, yea, our whole life, to the very words of the living God. And we have a message, therefore, for a very confused world. But we swim in that all day long. And when we swim in that, it's very easy to get tainted by it, to get sucked in by it, for it to sneak in and creep in in ways we don't even realize it's happening. So we have to be very, very careful. And yet, we don't practice monkism. We don't go someplace and hide out in a, in, in a commune and say, we're going to protect ourselves. Because if we even think about that truth, we know we can't protect ourselves because the biggest evil is the heart that we have that's in us. And so that, that isn't the answer anyhow. No, the answer is to do what we're doing here. We gather together as God's people. We sit under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. We hold one another accountable. We speak truth to one another. We praise and we worship our God. We meet in smaller groups and in hospitality, in homes, and at coffee shops. And we go into the world as salt to be a restraining um, aspect to a world. We go in as light, and the darker it gets, the, the brighter the light shines. And that's what we've been called to do. And so, uh, as Christians, we pursue Christ. There are so many texts that talk to this idea of going into the world. I am not going to take and go over them in detail, but I want to draw them to your attention, and I want to read them. And then get to the practical. But I, I want you to see over and over again how many times God speaks to this. So let's just take 1 Peter to start with. And let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And just think in the terms of this essential. There's a, there's a discipline to knowing we are to go into the world, but we're not to be of the world. And how has the Lord instructed us in this? We, we see this in all the way through 1 Peter. I'm just going to read one little teeny section. But 1 Peter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 9. I think these verses will be quite familiar to you. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That's us those that name the name of Christ. And he goes on to say, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you were once not the people of God, but now you are the people of God. And you have not, you are the people of God. 
you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. Now, why is he saying that? He, he just told us we're, uh, we're, we're light, we, we are the people of God now, we didn't used to be the people of God. There was a point in a time when you were darkness, and God opened your blind eyes. There, there was a day when you were regenerated, and God gave you faith, and you exercised that faith, and he gave you a new heart. And you became his. And on that day, you were different than all the rest of the people of the world. And we have a message to declare to the world, but the world is not our home. Our citizenship, it says in Ephesians, is where? Our citizenship is in heaven. We're traveling through. And as we're here, we're aliens and strangers. And in fact, we are the enemy of the world. Who's the world's God? Satan. He was our God. That's who we worship until, Russ, we became the sons and daughters of the one and true living God that you read to us about in Isaiah. And so he says, listen, beloved, it's a, a word that's used when we're talking about the brothers and sisters in Christ all the way through the epistles, Paul and Peter and John, beloved, beloved. That's, that's how we ought to speak one to another. We're beloved. We love each other. We care for each other. The common bond in Christ. All the rest of the differences meld into the fact that we are one in Christ. The other differences seep away. And that becomes our primary identity. And he says, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which rage war against our soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. In this passage, in this text, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are unbelievers. So he's telling us, he's urging us, be careful your conduct in the world. And he says, so that things in which they slander you as evildoers, that they may become your good deeds as they observe them and glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, I'd love to send, honestly, about three hours right here, but I can't. I will never get to the other. But let me just say this. I'm going to use a perfect example. As an adult, working in the world, I was the world. And everything about the world. There was no discernible difference between me and the world. And I didn't want the things of Christ, and I hated the things of Christ, and God marvelously saved me. And now he begins to change things. And the things that I once loved, I now hate. And the things that I once hated, I begin to love. And it's not a switch, but it, it, it begins to happen at time. And I remember being at a clam bake. I used to do those. Those are big things in the north. And when I was part of the world, when I'm going to include my wife in this one because that way she gets to feel the shame too, when we would go to clam bakes, we didn't just eat clams, if you can get the hint. And they were asking me, hey, how come you're not, how come you're not drinking? Man, I had a, I had a solid reputation as being a drunk, being the life of the party, you know? 
have a few drinks and if you think I'm a if you think I'm a, wa a live wire now you ought to see me when I when I have a few tippies and, and I can I can remember almost feeling guilty and not knowing how to handle it because I, I was so new in the faith but just saying uh, the person actually asked me you didn't you didn't do this Jesus thing did you and I said, yes. Yes, I did. I don't think that was a good answer. I don't think I handled myself well. But my point is, the world could tell I had been changed from darkness to light. The world should be able to tell whether that's right there at your conversion or as you're living in B&W or at the hospital or wherever you are, when you're working in that world climate, there is a distinct difference between you and those people in the world. And it should be obvious. And that doesn't mean you run around with the Bible passed on your forehead. But you, you act like Christ. And that acting like Christ screams to the world. So Peter said that. Look, if you would, at Titus. Okay, Titus chapter 2. Again, I'd love to read the whole chapter, but let's just pick up on verse 12. Same idea. All of Titus here. Titus has been instructed by Paul to set things in order in Crete. The churches in Crete, all of Crete's a mess. Set elders in order, start teaching the truth. And one of the first things you need to do is have what we would call a nuclear family. You need to have moms and dads and families you need to have husbands that act like husbands and wives that act like wives. And, and you need to have older women teaching younger women and older men teaching younger men. You that are bond servants for our day and age, you, you that are in employment, you, you need to act like believers. And the, that all precedes this. And, and, he, and he's saying we, we do this because salvation has come. And, and so we're different. And, that, and that's where we pick up in verse 12. Instructing us to deny ungodliness, worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly. When? In this present age. Let's live in the world, but not be of the world. Do you see it? I mean, it's just so, it's very, very clear there. And one of the things that we can do, I don't even have this on the sheet, but it's, it's the overarching thing, is that, that we live for eternity looking to the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus, who gave himself to us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, notice, zealous unto good works. We're markedly different in, in all we do. So, That's, that's the challenge. And so practically, how do we do it? And so uh, I wrote four, down, four things down here. We can just talk through them. You might have many more. Uh, feel free to raise your hand and let me know if you have a question or you have another suggestion. Um, this isn't prescriptive. This is just practical. So the first thing, it seems to me, if we think of just even the verses I read today, Sin is pleasurable to our flesh, so we have to acknowledge and protect our weakness. Uh, for us to ignore that we're not attracted to the pleasures of the flesh is stupid. 
I mean, it, it's just it's ignorant. The, the, the things of the flesh do attract us, don't they? And, and so acknowledging that, being honest about it. And, and, and we all have different areas of weaknesses because of experience and, and, and everything else. And so you're weak in some things I'm not, by God's grace. And I'm weak in some things that you're not, by God's grace. All the more that we need each other. We need to be honest with each other and connected with each other so we can pray for one another and help encourage one another and strengthen one another in those areas of weaknesses by the areas with which we're strong. We could go all the way back to a couple weeks ago. We talked about how we're shaped for ministry, using our spiritual gifts and everything else that build uh, the body. And so I have here, uh, we know that we're idol factories and that we're easily deceived and that we easily wander. You can ask Judy how many times the the two of us... um, Pray this verse and talk together to the Lord. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it for thy courts above. I mean, apart, apart from grace, we do wander. We do drift. That's why we have to pursue Christ and we have to pursue his word because when we drift, we don't ever drift upstream. <laughs> We don't ever drift upstream. Nobody does. You only, you only ever drift in the wrong direction. And, and so we have to do that. We, therefore, guard your, guard your heart by guarding what goes into your mind via your eyes and your ears. That's a big deal. So some suggestions. That's all they are, please. They're suggestions. If you don't do them, that's fine with me. I'm not telling you you to do any of this. I'm just saying the suggestions that I have found helpful through the, through the years. So... Be very accountable and, and, uh, and open to one another with your time. Now, I've said this down here some other place, but um, I mean, wherever Judy goes, I know where she's going and what time to expect her. And wherever I go, she knows. And that isn't like something new. We, we've been doing that for more than 50 years. I, I do that with my staff. My staff knows where I go and what I do. I put everything I do on my calendar, and I make my calendar shareable with my entire staff. Anybody can look at it. Always. Paint yourself into a corner that at your weakest moment and the greatest temptation, you know you would get caught if you sinned. That's one of the greatest inoculations against sin. It's an evil world out there. How many people know a list of people who didn't think they would ever fall, but they've fallen, and it was a reproach to the name of Christ and hurt a lot of people. You know any of those people? How many people know those people? Do you want to be one of those people? I don't. But I will be if I'm not careful, and so will you. So to think that I'm above that is nothing but pride and puts me in the greatest position to take that great fall that Proverbs talks about. So I'm accountable. Um, you should be too. You know, this is a, a mix here because I was doing this for young couples and so I didn't get in, all the stuff in and out. But I want to tell you, when I do premarital counseling, when Judy and I do one of the young couple, I, I beg them, don't put a TV in the bedroom. You don't need a TV in the bedroom. I, I go to houses and they got a TV in every, every room. Um, actually, you don't even need a TV, but that's another story. But, but you know, um, it's not quite so powerful anymore because... Rather than the TV, you've got your phone, you've got the internet, you've got, you got the computer. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, 
most of the stuff that's on that stuff is lethal if you're not careful. It's, it's not like a little bad. It's lethal. It's lethal. And, and so I'm not saying, we got to be in the world. You have to use the internet. You got to have a laptop. You got to have a phone. We, we can't go live in the backwoods. You got to have those things, but you're stupid and looking for a fall if you sit there and say that you're not acceptable and accessible to all the things that could happen that's on that internet. You have to look and say, I am. And so I need to figure out how to be accountable. I need to make sure that, that, that I'm not doing anything private. I need to protect my children and my grandchildren. One of the things that Satan has done with this culture and what you see happening in the government schools is they want to rob children of innocence. Because if I rob children of innocence, it removes what God intended to be a shock value to sin. They want to remove it completely. So they can tear down all those walls and then destroy the next generation. And to a large part, that's already been accomplished. And so we have to be on guard for our own children and our own grandchildren. And so... You know, the, that whole area is one way that you have to be in the world but not of the world. You have to figure it out. It, it's all, ultimately, it's a matter of the heart. I don't know what I think about filters. Certainly, I do think for children and for kids, um, it's filters, but most people now are technical enough. And I don't care how sophisticated the filter is. They can bypass that in three seconds. Uh, yeah, you know, so ultimately, it's a heart issue. Ultimately, it's, a, it's an openness issue. Ultimately, it's an accountability issue that actually solves that problem. Married couples, but everybody, just consistent with your, your prayer times and your talk times. Don't stay in the surface. <clears throat> Move down. Social scientists, this isn't Bible now, but social scientists will say to build a, a close relationship, a friendship, whether this is marriage or whether it's a brother and sister in Christ, that you have to have a minimum amount of regular communication. In marriage, they, they recommend and say that you ought to have 30 minutes a day on the average. Um, that, that's why we need something more than this. Because we need to have a time where we can sit down, we can actually talk to one another. We can move down below the surface, and out of that there can become a time when we pray for one another in a very real uh, and systematic way. That, that only happens when we take that time. So that's another thing that we can do that helps us as we uh, try to battle uh, the culture. So I put a number of other things down there. Uh, you have a, something that you want to mention in that area that, that helps you to stay simple towards sin that you would recommend? The second one I put down there is be humble and kind while being very clear that you're a Christian. So just make it obvious. Um, it, it'll help you, but it'll help others. It's okay. You might, you might take some reproach. How? I, I, I don't care. At, at BMW, I had my own office, and I did have a Bible that was visible in my office. Everybody that came in, I didn't say, "Would you bow your head? I'm going to pray first. I mean, it's a secular business. But I also know that in a secular business, you can let people know that you're a believer. It's, it's just not that difficult. And you should. You have a responsibility to do that. You have to be kind, gentle, and careful, and wise. Wise is, as 
wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But you let people know that you're a believer. And we're, we're blessed in this area because so many of you work for, like, Liberty University. Praise the Lord for that. But even there, you ought to be very clear that, that you're part of a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a people unto his own, because we all know that with 11,000 people or more at Liberty University, they're not all believers. Uh, they need Christ just like people at BMW do. So just a, a clear testimony that you're different than the rest of the world, a clear testimony how you speak about God's church, a clear testimony about how you speak about God's man, uh, a clear testimony about how you speak about your wife or your husband, how you speak about your children, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. You know, what kind of jokes do you tell? All of those things, do you see, are, it's salt and it's light and it's, it, 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 it adds restraint, but it also protects you. And so those would be um, some suggestions. Number three, in the world, at work, and in community, build a reputation for being supremely in love with your Lord and your spouse. Again, I wrote this for, for married couples, but you will see me with my wife and my family, often give them a hug in public and kiss them on the top of your head. And, and, and I've had people go, and, and I have to say, well, I think Paul said something about greet one another with a what? I think the top of the head probably qualifies as a holy kiss. I, I, I mean, the point is, I, I want everybody in the world to know I'm a one-woman man, and it's that woman right there. And I want to scream, and it was the same at B&W. And I want people to know that I've got some kids, like that daughter right there and that son right there, and I love them supremely. And I've got grandkids, and I love them supremely. And I want it to be shouted from the rooftops. You should too. And, and, and that we love them in Christ. It's a, it's a Christ-honoring love. But that, that helps protect your marriages, and it helps protect your families. Can you see that? As, as, a, as opposed to being wishy-washy. You know, I, I don't wear a wedding ring. And if you don't wear a wedding ring, I, I'm not being prescriptive, but I'm just saying, I see all kinds of things, and I think, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, folks? It's a dangerous world out there, so you're careful. If anything, you want everybody to know you're married. That's the situation in your marriage. You can't be on social media without getting hit. Block it immediately, right? Block, block, block. Don't play. You play with fire, what do you get? Burn. You tell the kids that, and you used to be talking about a real fire. I'm talking about something more dangerous than a fire pit. I'm talking about a pit that burns in hell right now. And so these are some of the things that, that I would suggest. There could be a hundred others. I, I, honestly, I'd love to hear your insights. And what, what are some things that you do that help you to be in the world and, and conduct yourself in the world with responsibilities that you've been called to do, but at the same time be uniquely different so that you are light and darkness. You are a salt that restrains in a sin-sick world. Any suggestions at all? I'd love to hear it. Sherry? Just bragging on my daughter, Amber. She um, works at a gun range, and uh, she was just telling me recently that one of her coworkers came up to her and was like, wow, I've never heard you curse before. 
And that was such a huge testimony, just a simple thing like that. She wasn't sitting there preaching the gospel to anybody. She just had a difference in her speech. Amen. It, it can be going out um, to lunch. And when you go out to lunch, you're the only believer there. And, and so uh, you don't have to tell everybody to bow their head you're going to pray. You don't have to be an idiot. You don't have to be a weirdo. But you can bow your own head and pray. And if you bow your own head and pray, you don't have to pray for five minutes. But if you bow your head sincerely and you pray, from having been there for so many years, I can tell you, it has an impact on the other people around you. I, I literally, in my 19 years in, in secular world, had times when people would curse in front of me and then they would apologize for cursing in front of me. And, and I would always be kind. I would always say something, I thank you for, um, for that consideration, but you know, honestly, the thing that I would be more concerned about is what God thinks about what you said rather than what I think, because you never have to please me. He's the one you'll ultimately answer. You know, something like that, very kind to, to plant the seed. But yes, your language, our language, the language and our tempers on social media should be uniquely different than uh, than the world. Well, that finishes the uh, the series, the absolutely essential spiritual discipline that you need all the days of your life of Bible intake, abiding in Christ. That that spiritual discipline of praying without ceasing, the the spiritual discipline that we just talked about of being. Um, in the world, but not of the world. And then the spiritual discipline that has completely escaped my mind, but you've all remembered the third one. So, so whatever that one was. So uh, go out and, uh, and practice these things. And when I get back from uh, the beach, we're going we're gonna to spend some more time in Psalms. I don't know how long we'll go in that, but uh, we're going to spend some more time there. I'm going to miss you while I'm gone. Uh, I love you. Father, um, thank you for this day, for these group of sterling believers who love you and love one another, love your church. I pray your blessing upon them in the service to come. In Christ's name, amen.